Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. How important was how important was the vomiting inside of the process of of your divorce, especially in the first six months? It's the most months? important. Yeah. It's, a, it's the most important thing for anything. First six months, next six months, the rest of your life, from uh-huh. day one till now. Uh, we're creatures of, of language. We're creatures of conversation. Human beings are such creatures of story. Like we talk so much in our heads that even when we're sleeping, we're, our heads are still talking. <laughs> this, like you're dreaming. Yeah. Language is it. Like the, it, it, whether uh, somebody understands that conceptually, ontologically, uh, really like get to like, wow. Birds fly and they're in the air. You know, fish swim they're in the water. Human beings live and we're in language. Like you take a human being out of language, they go crazy. Yeah. Or you introduce a different language to a human being, they go nuts. And there's a lot of training programs on that. I mean, you know some of them. I could give names left and right of different programs. Uh, uh, I know I address it really well in the book, Being Trainable, how to break that up and give yourself access to creating a new language for yourself in your life. Um, which by the way, a real quick plug, the book being trainable, you can get it on amazon.com. It's an amazing book. It's a book that Louis Morrow wrote and that I applied in my divorce and it really helped. Um, it helped my first six months. It, well, it got me a podcast and where I'm at right now. So if you haven't you. check out amazon.com, Louis Morrow, uh, being trainable. I'm sorry. Now I just to wanted, reg- and now back to our regular programming. <laughs> now back to our regular schedule program. So, so um, that's officially, by the way, that's officially the first commercial ever that I've done on this podcast. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Uh, so, so, yeah, man, you have you have to. Um, it again, it goes back to education. So somebody says, "How do you know to check yourself?" What took all you know? Took training, check myself. You know, took training to really get that who I am is who I say I am, and who I say I am, I'm not stuck with. People are stuck with what they say. It's like, right, I got it. Yeah. You get to actually choose what you're stuck in. Wait, say more suffer, Say more about that. Well, if you're going to suffer, suffer, you know. Was it Carrie Fisher? Best line ever. Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, Star Wars, for those of you that are Star Wars fans. Which, by the way, I never even saw one Star Wars movie in full to date. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not like the Star Wars guy, right? Yeah. But I remember this line. She goes, you know, because uh, uh, she had some major drug issues. Alcoholism, I think it was, and she recovered, and you know she was a phenomenal human being. And she said this line: "She goes turn pain into art." It's a beautiful line. Yeah. So you know, every single person out there could actually tell their story, write their story, share their story, and 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 that's what that was getting around third base. By the way, that's why I used the the father thing distinction at second base, because what really ultimately starts to free a person up is when they complete their stories in some shape or form. Uh, I try as you know, you know me, I like to write, produce movies and things like that. So perform or whatever, uh, um, and, and anything from business to, to entertainment, entertainment is business. So, so writing it out is a way to get it out, like get it out. And then, okay, I just wrote this story out. Okay. What I want is not that story. Why am I repeating that story? So, but write it out mm-hmm. and you see it in writing like, oh, <sighs> And then you make a commitment to learn new language. So that's this story is uh, 
replaced or replaced might be a good word. People say, you know, transform, whatever you want to say, it's where this story is the dominant story. And that story is a nice memory to share and talk about and put in a book, do a podcast with, whatever. You know? So I also assert that people say, well, you could disappear the story. You could disappear the story consciously, but it's still in the background. You could have a conversation and there's things that I don't even remember that I don't even remember, but we could have a conversation and all of a sudden, oh, be 80 years old and it's going to come up. And I know that because plenty of 80-year-old people who are extremely trained who I've worked with have told me it's just, it's amazing. I'm working with, I could be working with teenagers. I could be working with, uh, one guy told me, I could be working with uh, elementary school kids. And here I am, 70-something years old, and I start to laugh because a kid in kindergarten reminds me of something that I still had to complete from, you know, when, when Sally pulled my hair and first grade you know it's like hysterical <laughs> but you distinguish it and you know and you can laugh about it versus become a uh, hate all women and salons because they pull your hair i mean you know people go crazy with those undistinguished things what was some of the the emotions that you remember going through that were either new or foreign or you know how did you how did you navigate those emotions? Like you were saying earlier that you know you were like, all right, I'm venting, I'm just I'm letting it out there. But like for me, I experienced sadness. Sadness was something that was foreign to me when I went through my divorce. But and then it became second nature and I understood it and I allowed it. And you gave me some really good advice. You said, let it, you know, embrace it. Don't deny it. Listen to Adele, man. I heard <laughs> that you settled down. <laughs> and what she's really saying is, you mean you found another woman? I'll kill you. <laughs> That's not what she meant. She turned pain into art. She, she turned did. pain into art for sure. $100 million later, 21 years old, or yeah. whatever. I don't know, 21 million albums sold or whatever. There you go. Um, so the question, so specific question you're asking the is- The specific what, question is, what are some of the emotions that you went through that were foreign or that you needed to navigate? You know, none of the emotions were for, for it. So it's be very clear that every single emotion that you go through as an adult, Ajay, you already went through it as a teenager, as a kid, in many different ways. What you have is different stories wrapped around them. Got it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, fear. People are, oh, I'm scared. Fear. Like, dude, the experience of fear is one thing. One person's fear is another person's joyride. Some people go on a roller coaster and they have that same, <gasps> and they're like, yeah, skydiving. Yeah. She's talking to someone else. Ah! So the experience of fear is, is, is an experience that then we put whatever story around it, whatever label, whatever evokes it, whatever pulls it like that. So I've already gone through all the experiences. What I didn't have is the stories and how to distinguish it. And when I first learned that emotion and that feeling of it that, like that, uh, it's like the one I gave earlier about the experience of uh, not wanting her to be like my father, who wasn't around as much, uh, which is insane because it had nothing to do with her. What was driving my conversations with her was an incompletion I had with my dad, who wasn't around as much. Once I distinguished that, all of a sudden with her, I was like, oh, I got it. So as far as emotions and experiences, uh, you know, all the experiences that we already have as adults, you already had as a kid throughout your life. I I, I saw this very limited experiences, emotional, that an adult could tell me they haven't experienced already. And I could give them examples in, from their own life. Mm -hmm. um, so, but what is happening is you're, you have a different story around the experience, a different uh, event happens that evokes that experience. An example is when I said about that, I was trying to turn my ex into uh, my father, like, you know, 
not being around and, and validating her. Though the truth is that issue was an incomplete issue with my father. It don't do with her. So once I distinguished that, it gave me freedom to be with the conversation that we need to have around time with the kids and all that stuff. And it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like they're too irrelevant. I could have the conversation with power, grace, and ease versus upset. Oh, you shouldn't be that way. It's so wrong. No, it's, it's whatever. It, it is whatever it is. Uh, but I'm able to detach myself from the incompletion from the past and create something new in the future with her. Um, uh, another example is fear. You know, people, everybody, you experience fear. I experience fear. People experience all kinds of fear from all different things. But the experience, it's not, you go on a roller coaster, you will experience the same thing that you could experience in a breakup. But some people in a roller coaster, like, yeah, oh my God, oh, oh I'm so funny, I got tingles in my tummy. <laughs> but in a breakup, it's like those tingles in your tummy is you want to commit murder. Yeah. <laughs> or you're so in love. Same thing. <laughs> so the actual experience, if you could separate the two, you have the experiences and then you have the stories. And then the stories you add to the experiences yeah. or the stories that evoke experiences or the events that you add meaning to. It's like, but the experiences are just experiences. It's like, okay, now what? What's the story that's driving this one? And and, and all the stories could really, if someone's willing to have a, a fully functioning conversation, you could literally have a conversation where you could get to the source of when they first created those meanings around those experiences. Because right. they created, because they, they for sure, unquestionable. I'm looking at the thing here because when I'm yeah. looking this way, I'm talking to you. Yeah. But now I'm going to talk to dear audience. Yeah. For sure, whatever experience you had, you added the story, the interpretation, the meaning, all that stuff around it. It's not the other way around. And we live like it's the other way around. Yeah. This happened and they made me feel that way. Never. Like I say, I never get left. That was from Maurice Cohen, by the way, JMW. That's not my distinction, but it made a world of a difference for me. So having said that, let's take it and reverse back to the, the infidelity. So you and I were both cheated on. You and I were, were both lied to. But you transformed that conversation. You never, you said something that was beautiful. You said, I will never deny my love for you. You told her that. You told everybody around you that you behaved in that manner. What does that mean to you? So at the time it was, uh, this was when, okay, it's now over. Like, like the first six months, which we, we, I, I like to distinguish, you know, also that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to address something else before I address that, if you don't mm -hmm. mind. Sure. So, you know, what I love about the work that you've been doing and all the interviews that I've heard is you're, you're helping people distinguish and giving them the power in the first six months from the moment the commitment to divorce was on the table. Distinct from when you're legally divorced. Right. Two different things. So if somebody uh, listens to a podcast and they listen to uh, the first six months from divorce, this is not that uh, you just got divorced, you're legally divorced, and you're going to listen to the first six months. Which It's good stuff, that. This is, okay... I want to get a divorce now. What? Now what? Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's the toughest time, you know. By the time you're finishing paperwork, it's, if you didn't if you didn't listen to the first six months, the moment you committed or the person came to a commitment to get divorced, the six months after you actually are divorced, it's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, I, 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 it, maybe not, or or you might come out great and the other person you now have an enemy, or they come out great and you're now the enemy. So 
this is these conversations about the first six months from the moment somebody says, "Hey, I want a divorce," right? So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so the the thing about um, uh, I'll never deny my love for you that happened literally at the end of the six months, like almost literally too. By the way, it's like so I you know I took a step back, I gave her six months. I didn't. I didn't say to myself, "I'm giving her six months." It just rolled out that way. Uh, she actually came back uh, uh, in the sense of uh, had whatever situation with the person she was with, and said, "You know what? Uh, I, I want to reunite the family and have a relationship, and you know, try to make it work." And for me, it was like, you know, so you know, so she did what she did. She cheated. I got it. You know, I hate to say it this way, but you know, people do cheat. People do cheat. Uh, and uh, and to me, I was more commitment to what it would look like to have a family with kids and grow old together and, you know, a, a 40, 50 year life, mm-hmm. raise kids together. That, that was more, that I like those pleasures, you know, that I, I wanted that. Um, so she came back, accepted 100%. Uh, I remember joking like one day, just a little joke here and there about the other person. When her, you know, other, one of my stepkids, when her daughters also would joke about it. Uh, and then she said, you know, I want to go forward, but I really, you know, the jokes don't work for me. I said, you know what? I'm complete. There's one day. Mm-hmm. I said, no joking, no more. That's it. Because you're, you're, I got it. You're right. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to shame you. You know, I'm not, that's not, why, that's not my game. So done. We went together then for like, I remember about two weeks. And then the person came back and did his thing and she decided to go. And that's when I finally said, that was the night that I remember saying certain things. And one of them was, uh, um, you know, look, I don't do drugs. Uh, I'm not a drinker. Uh, um, not cheating on you. I, I'm not abusive. And uh, I mean, at the end, I take care of kids. I've been raising kids at one of my seven years of other kids and our kids. And anything you could say, I work a lot and try to create a lot. Um, but I get it. But now it's not just you saying it's over. It's me saying it's over. Now the both of us are, it's over. And here's the one thing you're going to have to deal with. And we straight up, from my view, uh, uh, you have nothing. It's your choice to do this. You can't lay this on me in any way. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm never going to deny my love for you. Like, I'm never going to deny my experience of love for you. Took a, you know, my, my ex is, I think she's really smart. So, uh, so about two years later, she comes back and she goes, you know, I finally got what you meant by that. But when you said you're not going to deny my love for me, it wasn't like, I, at first I was like, I'm so awesome. He's never going to deny his love for me. Like my proclamation, like, oh, the love. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you're not going to get angry, upset, or hold any hate and deny yourself the experience of love for me or anybody else. It could have been anything. And I said, yeah, exactly. It could have been a tree. It actually was a tree when I created that distinction. <laughs> Literally, what do you mean? It was like a, literally a tree? It was a tree. I was at a coffee shop and I was sitting there. I was like, because I knew every time something came up, I have to distinguish something, what's incomplete. Yeah. And I had this, this overwhelming experience of, oh, I love her, I miss her, I want to be with her. You know that thing that we have for you know, the, the partners in our lives, right, yeah. audience? Everybody's got that that guy or that girl or whatever people. It's like, oh, oh I love them so much. Oh, my God, I can't be without you. you know? <laughs> right? yeah. uh, so I had that experience. And I was like, okay, here it comes. It's coming up. Like, So I went outside. And I was on State Street in Santa Barbara, where the piers over here and the upstate over there, you could see the ocean. And there was this tree that I always used to hang on and put my hand on. And I leaned on the tree and I went like this and I was like, looked at the tree and I was like, I just fell in love with the tree. And then I fell in love with 
I, I just transferred that experience of love, poof, right open to like the world, like the universe. I felt like I literally felt like my hands went like this and grabbed the planet and touched on the other side. It's like that massive. Because I refuse to deny my experience of love, no matter what she did or didn't do it. So if she did something or I thought of her and I experienced love, I enjoyed it. Versus I find people will, if they love their exes, if they, have their exes they go, you're not supposed to love them. You're supposed to hate them. Yeah. Or go drink or go smoke a bone or whatever people do to not experience that. It's wrong to experience love. No, they start invalidating all the bad things. Uh, I'm sorry, they start invalidating all the great things that they had in their relationship, which is stupid. They do it, by the way, they do it with jobs. Yeah. Person to work at a company, they'll leave the company, and then they start invalidating their bosses, their employees, versus, dude, you had a great time there, man. You learned a lot. You learned a lot. Time to move on? Okay, great. But you learned a lot. You can't, it wasn't all so bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And by the way, I'm not talking about abusive relations where it's like all violent and, you know, or in some kind of psychosis where it's like you're getting beat 99% of the time. And you're, but he brought me cookies one day or she took me out one day. You know, you know, or, you know like, there's many examples of that. I'm saying the experience of love, it's a beautiful experience. Why in the world would I deny my experience of love for her, for uh, someone I, I guess people might think I don't like or anybody, anything. Beautiful thing. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.